Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Good morning. You guys doing well? You know, Sundays are always such a highlight for me. I just love Sunday mornings. I love, don't worry about the table. I'll be fine. I'll roam around this morning. And, you know, I, I love Sundays. I love gathering with the family. I love seeing what God is doing and what, what yeah, He's going to unlock for us. And, and this morning is, you know, even more special because I, I don't just say this because I have to say it, but I say this because I truly believe that today is going to be special. And I believe that if we open our hearts to what God is wanting to do, we are going to walk out of here empowered and, and enriched by what we know God is able to do. So before we go any further, can we just pray? Can I just get everyone just close your eyes and join us in prayer for this moment? God, I thank you that you have uh, saw this morning way in advance, that you have been sowing seeds and you have been getting us ready for this moment. And I pray to God that our hearts be open for you uh, to speak and to do your mighty work, the work that only you can do in our lives. I pray that this morning would be a, a morning that we draw a line in the sand and that we step across it and saying that, God, that morning, I remember when you spoke to me. I remember when your hand was on my life and, and I, my life was never the same. I pray for that kind of morning for us, God. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we've been in this series called Gifted. And uh, really the whole story uh, that we have been uncovering is your story. Your story of how God wants to use you and how God has gifted and called you for a life of destiny and purpose. And we've been following the story of Gideon in the Bible because I found so many cool parallels with Gideon's story and my story and the story that most of us are living. We go from being just like anyone else. And then we discover that there's a call of God on our lives. And in week one, we talked about hosting God's presence and, and saying, God, I want you to be living in me. And then in week two, last week, we spoke about getting rid of powerless idols in our life that try to take our devotion away from God. And in so doing, steal the power that God has got for us. Uh, but this week, we continue on in the story and we look in Judges chapter 6, verses 36 to 40. You can follow on the screens, I believe. And it says this, Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry, on all the ground, then I shall know that you shall save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and, all, and on all the ground there was dew. See, we've gotten to a point in the story where it was D-Day approaching. For those who don't know much about um, history, D-Day was a day that the tide of the war changed, where there was a massive change in um, the fortunes between uh, the two armies. And it was no different in, in this case. Uh, Israel had been uh, oppressed by 135,000 
Midianites in an army that was stealing all their food, stealing all their resources and leaving them for dead. And Gideon was about to take the fight to them. And Gideon had uh, issued a call out to the whole, uh, to, to all of Israel saying, come on, this is a time to take a stand and to, and to fight against the army. And, and the Israelites had not had a cold arms for many years. They, they were just living under this oppression. And so for Gideon to issue the call out was in itself a miracle that anyone actually turned up. And so they gathered, they gathered to this man who only a few days ago was a coward who was threshing wheat in a wine press as you saw in that video. But now he was the leader of an army of thousands and God was going to use him to lead them. And, and this was what was going on. And suddenly Gideon has a freak out moment. Gideon has a, am I really called by God moment? Was I just dreaming this whole thing up? He, he, he was scared. He was worried. He was worried that he wasn't going to be good enough. He was worried about perhaps what people would think about him. He was worried that God would just suddenly desert him and leave him to make things work out. And he would have no idea what to do with any of that. And that story mirrors something in Beck's in my life. You see, four years ago, I was a pastor at a church called Centerpoint Church. Love Centerpoint Church. Uh, we still do a lot of stuff with them. We, we still, I still catch up with Pastor Joel uh, all the time because I see him still as my senior pastor. And at that time, I was on staff there. And, and there was already something in my heart that said, God, one day I would love to plant a church and to, and to do something about that. And... Um, Four years ago, uh, Beck and I were a month away from getting married, and we went to a conference. And uh, we, we were at this conference. It was called Influences, and it was great. It was, um, we had speakers from America come, and they, they were really sowing into our lives, and it was really, really cool. And, and um, we, we came to the last night, and Pastor Benny Perez, some of you might have heard of him before, and, and he was speaking, and Pastor Benny has this gift of prophecy. And it is a really cool, cool thing when you, when you actually see how people with that kind of a gift operate because uh, what kind of happens often is that they will call people out and they will speak over them and uh, it's really, really, really cool to watch. And uh, I've, I've, at that point, I've been a Christian for about 26 years, which is basically all my life to that point. And I've been to probably about 100 conferences and I've been to many conferences where we've had like prophetic people uh, ministering and I was never the person to get called out never never ever and uh, I kind of had rationalized in my mind that I never get called out because I already know all the stuff that God needs me to know so that's why God's like no I'll go talk to the people that really need it you know those sinners that really need a word from God but I'm good enough and so I already made up my mind that I'm never going to be the person that gets called up but there's still something in me that wanted it and so Pastor Benny has spoken his message to be honest I don't even remember the message at all um, and he started to minister and he started people out and I said here we go and I decided that I'm always going to be happy for someone else when they receive a word from God so I was like yeah cool awesome awesome and then Pastor Benny he continues to minister and turns to where we were sitting and I was like oh this be the night and then he calls Beck up see the thing about Beck is that at that point she had been a Christian for maybe eight years 
a third of my Christian walk. She'd been to maybe 10 conferences, I don't know. And uh, here she goes, steps in this greenhorn of Christianity. And God calls her up to talk to her. I'm totally joking, there's this bit of fun that we had. And, um, you know, Pastor Benny calls back up and starts to talk to her. And then after a few moments, he says, who's that guy sitting next to you? He's like, oh, we're getting married in a month. And everyone's like, oh. And um, he said, why don't you two stand in the aisle? So we, uh, we're kind of like halfway back from the auditorium. And we stepped out to the aisle. And he began to speak. And, and as he began to say what he felt God putting on his heart for us, he began to say that I see you leading a network of churches and people. It was, it was an amazing moment. I, I remember that so clearly. But even more than what he said, I remember how I felt. Because I was ugly crying. And I, I don't cry at many things at all. Like, Beck can count on one hand the number of times she's seen me cry. And she's nodding her head. It's, it's not, I'm not joking about this. But I was, like, doubled over. I was, like, crying from my gut. I did not know I could cry like this before. And there were 5,000 plus people watching me cry. And I was in the middle of this auditorium where God was placing his hand on my life and saying, Nate, I've actually set you up for something. Your life actually means something. There's a purpose to you living and a purpose to you learning all the stuff that you are learning because God's going to use you mightily for something that even you cannot begin to imagine. I was thinking about one church, and God was saying, too small. And I'm like, really, God? One church. There's a lot of people in one church, and most of them are messed up. I don't know if I want to do more than one church. And, you know, oh, you know I wasn't thinking that. I think that now because I've been leading. No, I'm joking. But I had this moment where we, we were driving home after that, and I was like, how cool is that? We, we still have that. Someone was recording. Uh, the whole thing for us, we got the audio somewhere, and then we transcribed it out. It's at home in one of our shelves where um, we can look at it whenever we're feeling discouraged. I'm like, man, you know, God said that. I don't have to worry because God said that, and, and we do that. But that particular night, we drove home, and as you're driving home, it's like, oh. And then there was a moment like, now what? <laughs> and I mean, God calls you. Sometimes he doesn't give you the user manual on what to do next. He just goes like, I've called you. Okay, thank you. Then what? And so we didn't know what to do, but we made a decision in our hearts and we said, you know what, God, we are not going to, to Pastor Joel and say, this is what we want to do. We said, we want Pastor Joel to be the one to talk to us and say, hey, you've got this on your life and um, uh, you, you, sh you should go look into planning a church and we'll resource you and, and we, we'll be behind you, we'll send you. That's really what we want in our house. We want to be sent as people... Uh, undercovering to do what we felt God was calling us to do. And so we were like, God, if this is really you, you need to talk to Pastor Joel. And so from there, a month later, we got married and it's like good, good times and um, went on a honeymoon um, and came back. And a couple of months later, there was uh, what, what was called a prophet's presbytery. Sorry. Prophet's <laughs> presbytery. So prophet's presbytery. Sorry, I, I don't know what's going on in my mouth, but we had a prophet's presbytery, which just basically was for us at that time. We had a couple of prophets. People were recognized as having a gift of prophecy. I know some people in this room are kind of like prophets, weirdos. But let me just put it this way. If you believe God is real, 
and that God is able to do amazing things. He's creator of the universe. Come on. And if he is a personal God, we know he is, and he wants us to know how we are supposed to live our lives, then why is it so hard to imagine that he could use someone else and talk to someone else to tell me what is going to be happening in my life? And I've seen these people prophesy, and I've seen how accurate it is, and I've seen how they've set things up uh, for people's lives as they operate in the gifting that God has given to them. I don't necessarily have a gifting to that kind of a level. Uh, I, I, I uh, had, had God speak to, to me for other people as well, and it has been accurate, and it's been really cool when it happens, but I don't have the level of gifting, the office that, that some people have. And so we had these two prophets come to Centerpoint Church, and um, they, they were ministering. We were about, yeah, we were at Centerpoint. We were still on staff there. Pastor Joe had no idea about what was going on inside of us and the questions and, and where we, we thought that God would be wanting us to go. And um, halfway through the night, they call Beck up. And you know, I've, I've gotten used to this. I call Beck my lightning rod of prophecy. If I want a prophetic word, it doesn't matter whether I wear a fluoro orange top. It doesn't matter if I'm doing jumping jacks at the front. I don't get caught, but Beck just rocks up and is like, I want to talk to you. God is a word for you. And in this scenario, I'm the plus one. And I'm okay with that because God still talks to me at the end of the day, which is really cool. And so plus one night goes up with Beck, and uh, we, we go up to the front and they begin to speak. And, and it's, it's re it was mind-blowing because they said that they saw us taking a work, a planting work. They said planting work. Um, and we were going to be doing something for a season. And then we would see fruit in that season. And then that would come to an end. And God would call us on to something else. And when we go on to that something else, over time we would begin to, same phrase again, lead networks of people and churches. God said the exact same thing to two different people for us. They didn't compare notes. They weren't talking to each other because they're not, no, they're, I don't know if they even know each other, but, but they didn't compare notes and they didn't even know us and they said this was what was going on. But even with the matching, there was something else that was even more mind-blowing because at that time, Beck and I, on staff, we were getting ready for that planting work. Even as they spoke, we were getting ready to plant a campus of Centerpoint Church in Maddington. And we knew that that was happening. We had a timeline for it. It was going to be October. And, and we had set everything up. And, and they said, you are going to do that work. And you're going to see fruit. Thank you, God. And then suddenly, you're going to be moved on to something else. And even Pastor Joel knew in that moment that God had placed a church in our hearts. And so the next day, we, we, uh, Pastor Joel's like, we need to catch up in our office, in, in my office. And so the next day, we sat down and he's like, so you're going to plant a church? And we were like, I guess so. <laughs> like, if you say so, are you saying so? <laughs> wasn't quite like that, but that's how I felt it was going. <laughs> I was like, you tell me what's going on, because I don't know what's going on. And uh, Pastor Joel said, I, I, see what's, I see that God has his hand on this, and it's really cool. But we need you um, to take that campus and to build strength into it, and can we talk about this in a year's time? And so that was April 2013. And so we waited for a whole year, 
And the following year came and Pastor Joel true to his word. In fact, it was before a year because he was really excited about this. This is really cool. And he started to tell us, okay, uh, guys, let's get you guys ready and, and gave, uh, help us get in touch with HarvestNet and Pastor David as we got ready uh, for the journey of Lyft. And it was amazing. It was really cool. But I remember... In the April of 2014, when we started to really discuss and talk through stuff, there was something in me that just said, God, I want one more confirmation. I want to know that I know that I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, we had another uh, minister. His name is Pastor Corey Turner. And great news, we have him uh, ministering at Lyft in September this year. We have secured... Pastor Corey, some of you know him. He's amazing, and he is another one with a prophetic office and a prophetic gift. And he was ministering at Centerpoint Church, and, and again, he calls back up under plus one. I, I go along, and, um, and before that day came, I was like, God, give me one more word. Just, just give me one more word, and that will be good for me. And, uh, and God gave us a word. A third time, Pastor Corey gave us, um, gave, gave us a word that we were going to plant a church. And I was so stoked. I was like, God actually knows that us as human need confirmation that he's going to do something through us. He, he doesn't leave us alone. Just like Gideon, he was like, he needed to lay that fleece out. And he said, God, I've got all these people following me now. And it's freaking me out. And I really need to know that you are here with me. So God, can you show me? Can you assure me that you are doing something through this? And I, from the outside, sometimes we, we as pastors, we look confident and we look like we know what we're doing. But quite often, we don't know what is really going on. And I spoke to Pastor Joel after Pastor Corey had spoken over us. And I said, you know what, that's so cool. You know why? Because that morning I was praying that Pastor Corey would prophesy over us and that he would say something about church planting. And Pastor Joel just looked at me. He was like, are you greedy? Uh, do you really need that many confirmations? And like, what is wrong with you? You got called up at a flipping conference with 5,000 people looking at you as you ugly cry. And then in front of the whole church, they basically say you got a church plant and you say you need a third confirmation. I was like, yes, because I'm human. And I'm freaking out that people are going to look to me and going to depend on me uh, for direction and, and, and to have my life right with God. And I know that that's not always going to be the case, but I need to know that God is with me. And you know, as we talk about the gifts and calling of God that is irrevocable for each and every single one of us, as we learn that God is saying that He will be with us no matter what, through thick or through thin, sometimes we still want that confirmation. Sometimes we still need to find out within our hearts and within our soul and within our spirit that what God said He will do, He really will do. Yeah? Anyone human enough to admit that that's what they want? Anyone human enough to say, gosh, sometimes I get scared. Sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Some, even now, sometimes I wake up on a Sunday and as much as I say is a highlight, some mornings I'm like, God, I don't know what is going to happen today. And I hope someone rocks up. Because it's going to be really sad if it's just Beck and myself having a little kumbaya moment. <laughs> And thank God that you guys rock up. It makes me feel good. 
But more than that, I need the assurance that God is with me. And you know the Bible promises each and every single one of us. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, the Holy Spirit is God. This is God's promise that He will be with you through thick and thin. It's kind of like He's having this baby dedication moment with you, and He's saying, baby, I vow to be with you no matter what. I vow to help you choose Liverpool over Manchester United. I vow that, I vow that the Eagles will always be the Dockers. That's how I hear it in my mind. I might be slightly off in my... But this is God saying, come on, Christian. You've got me living in you. This is something that us as Christians, we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You see, we have baptism in water, which is basically uh, a sign and a symbol to the world that we are dedicating our lives to God. It's a powerful moment. We'll have uh, baptisms at the end of the year. As a church, going for two years, we've already baptized 17 people, which is fantastic. At 17, am I right? I think so. Actually, I think it's more. I think it's 21. It's 21. It was in there somewhere. 17, 21. 21 people, and I'm believing for way more by the end of this year. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but as much as baptism is a sign of our dedication to God, there is another step. And that step is not required for your salvation because your salvation has already been given to you by God. It's not a work that you have to accomplish. So you can have salvation without having this gift. But why would you not want a gift that God is wanting to give to you? And the Bible describes, <coughs> describes this gift as a baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's something that is separate from it's separate from salvation. It's separate from baptism in water. And this is, uh, we can read about this in Acts chapter 19. And this is what it says in Acts 19. Let me get my notes. It says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? These were disciples. These were people that already had given their life to Jesus. And Paul still asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism, which is baptism in water. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. The Bible clearly shows us in the book of Acts that as much as salvation is this wonderful, beautiful gift from God, there is another gift, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
This is God living in us, empowering us to live the life that He has called us to. This is like the moment that Gideon was like, God, I'm about to do something crazy. I'm about to do something that two days ago I could not even believe would be happening to me. But when I do this, God, can you give me the assurance that you are truly with me? And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is like that. It's a moment where we say, God, I want to do those cool things that you place in my heart. I want to live out the dream that you placed in my spirit. I want to live a life of meaning and purpose according to the destiny that you have created me for. But in order that that is going to happen, I need assurance that you are truly with me. And so God has the baptism in the Holy Spirit that is given to us. So the question is, how do we know that we truly have received the Holy Spirit? The Bible is clear about this, and it says that the evidence, well, the Bible doesn't actually say in these words, the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues, but we can draw inferences through the pattern of Scripture. And basically, Scripture has shown us again and again that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we know, and the people around us know, that we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we speak in tongues. Now, some people freak out when they hear the word tongues, and they freak out when they think, what are you, what are you saying, that suddenly God possesses you and starts making you talk in a different language? No, 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 that's not what happens. Tongues is a prayer language that God has given to us. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, it says that the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. Builds himself up. Is this saying that God lives in us and enables us to learn a prayer language that we've never known before. It's a language that wasn't already uh, uh, learned through our childhood or through through lessons or schools anywhere, but is taught to us by the Holy Spirit. It's a language that bubbles up from our spirit and it enables us as we continue to pray to build ourselves up. When you speak in tongues, you are assured, you are affirmed that the Holy Spirit is living within you. You know, this series, I believe that this is the most important message that you hear. God has called you, God has gifted you, God has set you up for something. And next Sunday night, you want to be at the anointing service because we'll have our team praying for you and downloading a word from God for you, speaking that destiny into you and helping you uncover what God is truly wanting to do in your life. Make sure you set time aside to be there because it's one of the most powerful nights that we have in our calendar but at the same time, our everyday life, we can know that God is with us, that God hasn't abandoned us, when we know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. How do we know that that has taken place? Because we speak in tongues. That's as simple as I can make it right now. If you want to have a long chat about it and we can go through the Bible together, hit me up for a coffee. Let's do it. Or go to ground floor, one of our live groups where we explain why we believe that tongues is the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, there's so many resources that we could point you to. But this morning, it's more about the fact that if this is something that you want, we want to give you an opportunity to, to, to experience this and to receive this. 
At the same time, I know that there might be some people in this room that have tried and have asked for this before, and you haven't received. And you're like, Nate, what's going on? Honest answer, God knows. And I don't really know. But what I can say is this, that Jesus taught us while he was living on earth through a parable, he talked about the persistent widow and how the persistent widow asked and asked and asked and asked. And as she continued to ask, she finally received what she was asking for. And then Jesus said, so shall be with you when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Ask, keep on asking, persevere in it. Maybe it's through this episode that God's teaching you how to persevere in prayer, how to continue uh, to not get discouraged by circumstances and situations and to continue to seek after Him. So don't get discouraged. If that is you, my encouragement for you is continue to ask. I feel for you. I've, I've, I've prayed with people that have asked for years to be able to speak in tongues, to be given uh, 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 this prayer language. And, and it's devastating when, they're like, when, when, when it doesn't happen in the moment and, and, and they're like, man... But here's my encouragement to you. God's not saying you're a second-class citizen. God is not saying that you are a less holy Christian. God's simply taking you a process. And you can trust that He knows the outcome and that He knows where He's leading you. And He's asking that you continue to trust Him. For every other person as a Christian in this room, I know there are moments where you forget I know there are moments where I forget how much God loves me and how much God is using me. And in fact, just this week, we had a, a pastor's gathering as part of our movement. We do it once a quarter. And we had a, a minister, um, Pastor Tim Hall, come and he spoke. And, and there was something stirring up on the inside of me. I think it's through this time of fasting that we've been doing as a church. It was really something that God was putting in my heart that maybe I don't really know how to devote myself to seeking after Him. And that maybe there's something so much, that, that there's so much more that He has for me that, that, that I haven't actually gone after. And so as Pastor Tim Hall spoke, and he's one of those people that is a bit of an old school Pentecostal minister. You've never seen one before. It's quite a show, but it's also very powerful. God was doing amazing stuff. And, and he, it, it, but, but basically the whole message was like, come on, the church needs to be empowered by God afresh. And, and he asked, and as he told stories of what was going on in the world and what has taken place in the past and saying that we are at a point where we really need to choose whether we want more of God or just to take the status quo and, and head towards disaster. And, and, and he was asking for people to respond and to, and to say uh, whether they really wanted more of God. And, and I found myself just going, yeah, I actually don't think that I have received all that God has got for me. And so I went up the front, and this is the second time that as people ministered to me, I was ugly crying. It, but it was, it was a beautiful moment because I felt this weight lifted off me. I felt as though God was just filling me up so quickly and so much that I was sobbing from the inside because I was trying to take it all in. And God had got so much more for me, this empowerment, this grace, this, this, this anointing. He had for me, and Pastor Tim spent a good couple of moments just standing. He, he was going to people, and he was just going, fire, and then it will fall down, and the next person, fire, fall down. And then he came to me, and he stayed with me for a few moments. I was, I was like, oh, gosh, the weight of what this man carried. 
the anointing, the grace, the power that he has got because of the years that he spent with God. I could just feel that weight in front of me. And as he prayed for me, there was like this weight was being transferred onto me. But at the same time, it was a weight that didn't actually need me to hold it up. It was like it held me up. It was like this weight was on the inside of me and it was doing something powerful on the inside of me. And as I was preparing for this morning, we want to pray for a few groups of people. We want to pray for people that have never received Jesus into your life. Let me tell you, your life is meaningless without Christ. Without Christ, you have got no reason to be even alive. Why? Because you've got no creator. You've been evolved from monkeys. If that's what you want to believe, I don't care. But I'm just telling you that there's no real purpose. What? Are you living for the weekend? Are you living for your next drink? Are you living for your next vacation? Because that too will pass. And then what? Why do you wake up next day so you can go back to work to earn more money so you can get flat drunk again? That is no life to live. I wake up in the morning knowing that God has designed me for a purpose, that, that He's even allowed me to get a glimpse into the future, that I've got a life that impacts other lives. There's a legacy that I get to leave behind as I live in obedience to what God has got for me. And I get passionate about this. I'm sorry if it feels like I'm condemning you. That is not my point at all. But I'm, I'm sick and tired of culture telling us that if you get these things, you will be happy and happy is good enough. Happy is not good enough, church. Happy comes and happy goes. And then you're left with nothing else but an emptiness on the inside. But when you have a purpose and a destiny that comes from the one true God who has designed you and purposed you for something so great and so beautiful and so noble, something that will touch eternity, You understand why I'm so passionate about this. And my prayer is that you find Christ as I did. And the next thing is, I want to pray for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It says that Paul laid his hands on them and they began to receive the Holy Spirit. And as with that, then they began to speak in tongues. So we will have a team ready to pray with you. That is something that you want. But Christian, you're not left out. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5 verse 18, it says but be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the word be filled actually means be continuously and constantly filled. It's actually an ongoing process. So Christian, have you gotten a little bit dry in your life? Have you gotten a little bit complacent? It's like, okay, this is good enough. Well, on Friday, I had a little bit of a slap because I thought that what I had was good enough. But obviously, God's got so much more. And He stoked a hunger inside of me that says, Come on, come on, Christian. Why are you living this boring, unempowered, struggling and striving life when there's actually a power that is available for you? I pray that today you will have a fresh revelation of the storehouse of God, of how much grace He has. It says, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Come on, who doesn't want that? Like I said, even though I knew what God had wanted me to do, I was still scared, stupid. I looked confident, but on the inside I'm like, what, what do I really have to give to any of you guys? When I hear some of your stories and the faith and the miracles that you've seen God do, I'm like, take the mic, please. But I stand here because God's graced me to do this. 
And God's graced you in your life to do some amazing things and to see some amazing things happen. So we can get the band up this morning. I believe that God's doing a work this morning. We had a special prayer meeting as part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and, and it was something that was just moving powerfully in this place. And, and my prayer is that you don't leave here without receiving something of God this morning. For me personally, if I need to pray for every single one of you because all of you are wanting something more, I'm ready to go because I know God wants to do something. But now the ball's in your court and you choose what you will with what I've said. I'm not going to force you and I'm not going to coerce you to do anything. I'm not going to see you as any less if you don't want anything that I'm saying. Is your journey and is your life. But I hope that I've said something that has just hit home for you. And first up, I want to ask if there's anyone that wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is a personal moment, so if I can ask you all just to close your eyes and to bow your heads. What I'm going to do is that I'm going to count as three. And if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to enter a life of knowing that your eternity is assured by God. Then at the count of three, can I just ask that you be bold and brave enough to put your hand up and then back down again. From there, I'll lead you into a prayer accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it's as simple as that. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess your lips that Jesus is Lord, that day salvation is yours. So I'm going to count as three now. One, two, three. Is there anyone in this room that would like to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to take this step into knowing that your eternity is assured by God? Fantastic. Awesome. Let's just say this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. But I know that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.